we're such a good age in dentistry where we have healthier choices, healthier materials, and we can really pinpoint exactly how to give someone or offer someone a, a choice for optimum health. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab, and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert, as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Dr. Sanda Moldovan, I'm so excited to have you on Muscle Medicine Podcast. You have one of my dreams, which is a bi-coastal practice, one office <laughs> in Beverly Hills and one in New York. And you specialize in such cool things, especially with that new movie. I think it was a Netflix film that came out called Root Cause about how dental uh, work affects the entire body. Yes. And I'd love to hear, like, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Emily, thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to, to talk about a natural way of doing dentistry. I started as a traditional periodontist. I did my studies at UCLA, but then I always thought there was more to it. And I didn't understand why I would do surgery on two different people and one would heal great and the other one wouldn't. Mm. So I started diving deeper into nutrition, into integrative medicine and working with acupuncturists to see how meridians through infected teeth affect the body. And now I have a biological multi-specialty dental office uh, in LA and New York. And we treat the patient holistically with a W as a whole, which I think is very important because whatever we do in the mouth definitely affects the body. And this movie you're talking about, we actually had a lot of patients call about it. And, uh, you know, what I liked about it is that it's a filmmaker's journey through oral health problems. So he's really saying, this is what happened to me. I had two root canals. All of a sudden, I started developing chronic fatigue because he still had underlying infection behind those teeth. You know, the issue with the root canals really is like it's such an archaic way of treating a diseased tooth or pain. So what happened was, it's like basically people use a file or endodontists use a file. It looks almost like a little corkscrew, very thin corkscrew. It take out the nerve, clean it with bleach solution. And then plug it, what? essentially. Yeah, that's what <laughs> happens. So a lot of stuff was being left behind in the canals and also up into the bone, infection. So that infection grows because bacteria doesn't need air to live. It can live very well in anaerobic or you know, oxygen, lacking oxygen environments. And when you have an underlying infection, a lot of times people wouldn't feel it because the nerve is dead. Then you start to develop other issues. Our immune system is constantly trying to fight this infection, and it's using a lot of energy to keep it under control. So people start being chronically fatigued. So that's what he was explaining. Yeah. So you've kind of had an experience that, with this when you had a root canal when you were 14 years old? Yes, yeah. I did. And, you know, growing up in communist Romania for the first 14 <laughs> years of my life, feels like another lifetime. Yeah. But... I remember going to the dentist and I got a bunch of mercury fillings and mercury fillings, those are the silver fillings that if people look in their mouth, do you have any kind of silver? Most likely mercury. They expand with time and they crack the tooth. Hmm, okay. So 
uh, besides the fact that they gas off mercury on a daily basis, which is toxic, they can damage the tooth over time. So based on that, I ended up with a root canal pretty early in my life. I was in my teens. And it was, it was done just as I described archaically, you know, and uh, trapped some bacteria inside my tooth. But what was interesting is like, because, you know, I lead, lead a healthy life, I have a good immune system. When we took an x-ray of my tooth, there was actually no sign of an infection in the tooth. Because hmm. we can't see inside the tooth. We can't see the bacteria. There was no bone loss. But whenever I flossed around it or, you know, I looked at my gum, it never looked healthy. There was always a smell on the floss. And I'm like, why is this happening? But it was only around that one tooth. So I finally said, you know what? I want this tooth out. Then, you know, besides that, what I want to say is like I started developing some heart palpitations. I'm like, where is this coming from? I ended up in a cardiologist's office. You know, she's like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with your heart. So then when I checked the meridian tooth chart, I realized this tooth was in the line with my heart meridian. I had the tooth removed and implant placed about, I want to say, a couple of years ago. And now, I mean, I haven't had heart palpitations since. I ha don't have bad smell around that area. And when we took out the tooth, the tooth was grayish in color. It was no longer healthy. So it was infested with bacteria even though it has not gone in the bone. And it's impossible to clean that kind of tooth. But it didn't come up on the x-ray, like imaging? Nothing, not even on a CT scan. Oh, interesting, okay. Not even on a CT scan. And recently, actually, I had a patient who came in after she saw this documentary. She had chronic fatigue and she said, you know what, I've had these two root canals on my top teeth. And she said, I haven't felt good since I'd gotten them. We take a CT scan. I told her, you know, I don't see much there. She said, I know, but it's like, I feel them. I want them out. We took them out at the tip, tip of the tooth that was black. The tip of the tooth was black bacteria that was stagnated there. I actually took a picture of her teeth. I have to, hmm. I'll have to share it with you because it was, yeah. you know, I'm like, we take, we have all these high-tech images today. And even so, we can't see the bacteria necessarily until after we remove the tooth. So usually what I tell patients, if you feel there's something going on with your tooth, there's something going on with your tooth, you know, even though we don't see it on the x-ray. And, and it can affect the body. So and like can, that bacteria, yes. like what can, because you think, okay, it's just in this like little pocket down below the tooth. How can that affect the rest of the body? That's a great question. So whenever gums bleed, bacteria can catch a ride inside the blood vessel and start traveling. No, uh, our immune system is good, but it's not perfect. And uh, everybody's immune system, of course, is different. So this bacteria can get away. And some of the bacteria can actually create an invisible coat around themselves. So the immune system doesn't even see it. And periodontal and endodontic bacteria or from a, a root canal or gum disease has been found in heart, heart valves, joints. It can travel to the lung, to the unborn baby in the fluid. Recently, we've had uh, the Alzheimer's specialist here from UCLA. He said they're finding biofilm in the brain and that the Alzheimer's is actually more a protective mechanism, is shrinking the brain to protect itself against the biofilm. Well, how does the biofilm get to the brain? Usually, the mouth is the number one source because bacteria gets trapped in the bone and in the gums, and it travels. Because you have a specialty in this, right? Of like cleaning this out properly and replacing uh, yes. root canals. Like, is there a certain protocol or procedure like that woman that felt like, oh, I just don't feel the same since those two root canals. 
Like if she just saw any dentist, she probably would not be getting them removed properly or replaced properly. Right. So basically she actually went to a couple other dentists and they said, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, we're not going to do any the work. Worst. Yeah. That's the worst. It's like, yeah, they think <laughs> like, uh, basically she said, they called me crazy. Like there's nothing wrong with me. And, yeah. You know, well. we ha- I have some patients who are amazingly in tune with their body, you know, and really can feel the energetic disturbances, the infection, even though sometimes they're not detectable. We, ha- we have limitations to our testing. So, you know, I never doubt what patients are saying. When they're saying there's a problem, there's a problem. Right. Usually the back molars is where the problems are because we're using them a lot to chew. And those molars are usually related to energy meridians, heart meridian, and digestive meridians. I had a tendency to be more sluggish in my digestion. This tooth was also on the colon meridian. Hmm. And also that has been adjusted once I had this tooth removed which was wow. amazing to me. So, you know, I'm so thankful, you know, and I was thinking to myself, why do I have this tooth problem? I, you know, I hate that I have it, but now I'm so thankful that I've had it because now I really understand the yeah. way everything works. Yeah. So when I think of meridians, I think of Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and those channels through the body associated with different organs and moving energy or moving stagnant energy. I'm not familiar I'm a little familiar with like how the teeth line up with these meridians. Is this like a newer concept or has this been talked about for a long, long time? Yeah, so you're right. The meridians are exactly the acupuncture meridians that you're thinking about. And I actually got introduced to it from my acupuncturist. And then later on, a chiropractor we were working with, he actually is the one who worked with in in relationship to trauma and making uh, orthotics or occlusal guards. Uh, But he gave me these charts. He said, no, you know, there's really, he does a lot of energetic medicine and muscle testing. And he would muscle test the teeth and how they affect the organs. And there's definitely a correlation. Like, for example, we were talking about earlier, the premolars, which are the, right in front of the molars, a disturbance or an infection in those teeth has been linked to breast cancer. And on the same side, right? And so, on the same side, yes. Which is crazy. It's yeah. So okay. Yeah. And also, there's a Dr. Jerry Tennant, who used to be an ophthalmologist. Hmm. Now he's doing more uh, electrical and voltage measurements. He had an issue with the same thing, and he talks about it all the time. He had a root canal abscess on the left side, developed a tumor on his left side. He was bedridden for two years with chronic fatigue. Once the tooth was gone, he started healing. Hmm. So we have lots and lots of people that have gone through experiences with infections in the jaw that were going undetected. How long, so let's say there is a connection through that tooth and the meridian. So for example, for you, you had your root canal replaced Mm -hmm. and then your heart palpitations disappeared. Yeah. Was that like, was that a month? Was that a year? Was that like, how long did you start to see that shift? You know, I, and, and after that, I actually did a detox program because hmm. I wanted to really clean things out. And I was using some oregano, some herbs, because the bacteria in the system, if there's some in, this, in my system already, there's got to be a, a way to help my body clean it out. I did some infrared sauna therapy afterwards just to detoxify. And I want to say maybe a couple of months 
it took. It, it's never an immediate thing. And that's what I tell patients. Don't expect like immediately to feel like full of energy and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and always have the support. So we work with a lot of great integrative physician, chiropractors, acupuncturists to help us move towards healing. Yeah. Once the cause is removed. Yeah. So my husband uh-huh. <laughs> has been going through this. So he watched the movie, freaked himself out because he's oh my in the yeah. house. And two of them are on one side and right above those teeth, he, he was playing soccer, broke his face. He has like a uh. plate and he always gets like sinus congestion there, like wakes up basically feeling like he has a sinus infection on that side. Yes. And watch that movie. And he's like, oh my God, they're totally related. (laughs) The teeth are right there. Absolutely there are. Yes. (laughs) And he has a little abscess, I think you could call it, like like that comes out of one of the teeth near the gum line. Yeah. And I would love to see him in Tribeca. I'm going to be there next month. I just (laughs) sent him in. So the best way to diagnose this and see what's going on is to take a 3D x-ray. It's like, okay. It's a CT scan and I can't work without it nowadays because that's the only way to really see what's going on. Yeah. And a lot of times the teeth in the back, the, the roots are right up against the sinus. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're into the sinus. So we've had patients like you're saying, like your husband who, who actually complain of sinus congestion when there's a tooth problem. So especially if he sees this bubble there, yeah, there, yeah. there is infection in there. So yeah. a he 3D... Goes- yeah. yeah, he goes. Wait. I pop it, and it goes away. Oh and I'm no! Like, yeah, it's like root cause, baby. Get root cause, exactly. Root cause. And you know, the problem with him is just that the sinus is connected to the other sinuses, which are encasing the brain. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like yeah. He's probably you know young and strong, and his immune system is dealing with it. But he should definitely look into that and take yeah. care of it. And a yeah. CT scan is an absolute must yeah. to really determine what's inside. Yeah. So. I've heard, I think it was also in root cause, but other dentists talk about like cavitations. That wasn't root cause. (laughs) That wasn't root cause. Yeah. So can you talk about that and talk about your approach to cavitations? Definitely. And as a dental surgeon in school, I never learned what cavitation was. So later on, I I started spending some time with experts who were treating cavitations and understanding, you know, what the health implications are and how to treat them properly. When we take a tooth out... The traditional way of taking teeth out is, you know, kind of quickly removing them with pliers (laughs) and then putting some gauze on top of it and letting it heal. The problem with that is like a a hole is being left on the top. The tooth, the periodontal ligament is not cleaned properly against the bone. So bacteria is left inside the jawbone. The gums close pretty quickly over the top, trapping bacteria inside the jawbone. Same with a root canal. If it's not done properly, bacteria trickles down from the tooth into the jawbone. When the tooth is removed, bacteria is left behind. It's not cleaned well. Mm. Bacteria is living perfectly fine. And it can be, by the way, I biopsy thousands of cavitations. We find bacteria. We find parasites. We find viruses and fungus. We work Mm. with a lab called DNA Connections, and I biopsy every cavitation. Now, in the jawbone, this bacteria lives very well undisturbed. Some people have symptoms and they say, you know what? I feel itchy. I feel tingly. My lymph nodes are constantly swollen underneath my jaw since I've had my wisdom teeth removed and I don't know why. Hmm. And I've been to the doctor and they say everything looks good. 
And I actually recently had a patient, he had his wisdom teeth out. And the good news is about him is like he could pinpoint the exact time when he started not feeling good. He said, after I had my wisdom teeth removed, I haven't been feeling well. Like I'm not myself and my lymph nodes here are swollen and you know, I can palpate them, you could feel them. Some people don't really have those kind of symptoms. They just get chronically fatigued and they don't know why. So especially in patients with chronic disease like Lyme disease and autoimmune disease, we always look for cavitations on a CT scan in the areas where wisdom teeth were extracted or other teeth were extracted. They look like dark holes in the jawbone where it should be bone. That's how we recognize them. So they're bad to leave alone because, again, this bacterial load on the immune system. So as we get older, we can't withstand all the the burden on on the immune system. So when I go in here, I clean out the cyst. Usually it's mushy bone. Sometimes I've seen it looking black. Sometimes it's smelly. As soon as we open up the top of the bone, it's like we fall into a cave. Is it like the bacteria is eating away at the bone? Yes, the bacteria oh, okay. is eating away at the bone. Some people have such large cavitations that it, they go underneath the roots of the teeth into the nerve. Mm. So bacteria loves nerves. They use our nervous system to communicate between colonies. So they will go towards nerve canals and, and to lodge. The problem is once they're into the nerve, we can't clean them out well. The, the only thing we can do is do ozone gas in the jawbone which we do for all cavitations, in order to get the gas to penetrate into the nerve canal. Because I can't go there with the instrument because we risk the patient being numb. So hopefully we can catch these cavitations in the beginning. But even more ideal is when we do the extractions as, as practitioners is to, to make sure that we clean that area really, really well. Nowadays we use ozone and then I use something called platelet-rich fibrin. Hmm. which is immune cells that are drawn from somebody's own blood. They're concentrated and we put them in the area where a tooth was removed to prevent cavitations because those immune cells last for about a couple of weeks and prevent bacteria from going in. Yeah. For people who don't know what ozone is, can you give us like a little... Oh, sure. Yeah. Ozone is a gas. In the atmosphere, we breathe oxygen, which is O2. Ozone is O3. So there are three atoms of oxygen that are connected together. It's totally natural, but it's unstable. And it's been around for over a hundred years. The first ozone generator for medical use was invented in the 1890s by Nikola Tesla. It was used in medicine back then in the 1900s, but as antibiotics came on the market, ozone fell out of favor Hmm. because people wanted a prescription. So much easier to go get a pill than to go into the office daily for treatment. But now we're going back to it. Why? Because antibiotics only work on certain bacteria. Ozone works on everything. On any bacteria, it works on parasites, it destroys fungus and viruses. And how it does that is that one of the atoms of oxygen pokes holes into the membranes of these microorganisms and destroys them in an instant. That's why it's so amazing to use for any, any kind of source of infection. So a lot of the physicians I work with, they inject ozone in the joints, in the spine, they inject it in the lymph nodes. They do even IV ozone to clean out uh, systemic infections. So it's being used quite a bit nowadays because okay. antibiotic resistance is on the rise. Yeah. So when you go in and you see that bone has been softened, it's black, you're cleaning it out, you're doing this treatment, 
what do people start to feel, right? Because so much of it is like something doesn't feel right in my body. Many people have told me I'm crazy, but there's actually something going on from from the mouth. Yes. So after I'm doing this treatment, some people feel great right away. I think also because of the ozone and we also supplement with IV with vitamin C to give the body a boost of antioxidants in case any bacteria, you know, escapes in the, in the blood system. Some people like the next day say, I feel great. You know, I feel all this energy. And then I always tell them to take it easy. You know, healing also has some energy expenditure. So we need to give our body a chance to rest. And, you know, I want to share this story with you. We had a patient who was actually started developing muscular atrophy. Nobody mm-hmm. knew what was wrong with her. She was in her twenties. Huge cavitations. I treated her with cavitations. She was in a couple months ago. This was probably about three months after the cavitation treatment. She said, I'm starting to walk and get out of my wheelchair for the first time in years. Wow. Yeah, she was so excited. It is so profound. So, you know, the interesting thing about the body, we clean infections and we don't even know sometimes the effect we're having until after the fact. And she said, you know, uh, the doctors are very optimistic now because she was getting worse and worse. And this bacteria apparently somehow affected her muscles, but we, we have no idea yet how these microorganisms affect our body. I mean, in reality, there's 10 times more bacteria, bacterial cells on our body than there's human cells. Right. Yeah. So we have to keep a balance. And I think Right now, we're just learning how to keep that balance and what's important and what's not. And yeah, we're, we're, we're in a good age. So you touched upon metal in the mouth. I had a mouthful of mercury fillings and then I got them removed in my late 20s. I don't know if they removed them properly. I have no idea. <laughs> there was like a good <laughs> protocol involved. Oh, good. I have no idea. But what other than just like mercury, off-gassing, what other stuff is not so great if you have metal in your mouth? That's a great question because I think this one is not very well known. Different metals in the mouth in relation with saliva or any kind of fluid creates a battery. So electrons come off the metals. They have ions that circulate. So for example, if somebody has a mercury filling on the top and a gold crown on the bottom, whenever they touch it creates an electrical current through the tooth. Also, if there's metal on the other side of the mouth, then we have a whole battery running through the mouth. That's called galvanic current. Galvanic current has been well-documented for years in dental literature. When we have a current running through the mouth, it really drains the living cells, which actually use electrical stimuli to communicate. And the nerves also, our nerves use electrical stimuli. But when you're having a current stealing electrons, it steals electrons from the cells and the bone. We feel that. We feel either more chronic fatigue when we have metal in the mouth. Also, some people feel disturbances on that side. For example, I had a a little old lady who, who came to me and said, I don't know. She's like, later in the day, I wake up in the morning and later in the day, she says, I start feeling tension on the whole left side of my body. And I don't know why, and I'm starting to develop a headache, but it's only on the left side. When we look in our mouth, sure enough, she had metal on metal touching on that side of the face. Once we removed the metal, her symptoms went away. We underestimate the importance of what we put in the body. And the mouth is the one place where we introduce a lot of foreign materials without really knowing what we're doing. 
So in my practice, we really do metal-free dentistry and we remove a lot of the metals because they are a draining force on our life force. Nowadays, our body has to put up with so much more, more chemicals, more uh, Wi-Fi, more this, you know, we, we have to get rid of how much we can of the toxins we have in the mouth. And metal is definitely one of them. So what, what goes back in instead of metal, right? Because you're taking out the metal. <laughs> yeah. So what goes back in is we have a biocompatible material and we have a test called the Clifford test or a biocompatibility material test in which we test hundreds of different dental materials to see what's compatible with that person's body. So, uh, so we don't have a reaction. Like uh, some people, for example, are allergic to certain cements that we use to cement the crown. Some people are allergic to certain filling materials. So we try to figure all the stuff out before we restore the patient. And it's an easy blood test. We usually get results right away. And zirconia is a very popular biocompatible material. A lot of people say, oh, no, zirconia is still a metal. Zirconium is a metal. Zirconia is actually the oxide, which is a pure ceramic. And what I see from a periodontal perspective is like the gums love that material. We see no reduced inflammation, even when compared to a normal tooth, but especially when compared to a metal crown. And there's less plaque accumulation around zirconia, I think because of the highly polished material. So for that reason, now we also have zirconia dental implants instead of titanium. And you know they're more aesthetic in general. But there's such good options today, even in terms of fillings. You know, fillings can be filled with BPA. And BPA is not good. We know that. Yeah. There are today, we actually have some really good materials that have ceramic particles inside that are BPA-free. So as a patient, when you go to the dentist, it's, I think it's a must to ask the dentist, what's going in my body? What's going in my mouth? What material is my crown made out of? I think it's totally okay. And I actually highly recommend for people listening to go and ask their doctor, what, what uh, filling are you putting in? Does it have BPA? Does it, if the dentist doesn't know, you might need another dentist. They should know what's in the material. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and pick yeah. a healthier material. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, if I would not want BPA, even in terms of partials or removable dentures, now we have BPA-free dentures. Mm. But a lot of old dentures are filled with BPA. And whenever you drink something hot, that goes right in your body. Yeah. That sounds so gross. I know. <laughs> Just like yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah. But I think we're such a good age in dentistry where we have healthier choices, healthier materials, and we can really pinpoint exactly how to give someone or offer someone a, a choice for optimum health. Yeah. No. You have so many cool transformation stories <laughs> with the metal and the cavitations and the root kick. Now, is there another one that comes to mind that was, you know, like getting someone out of their wheelchair walking again is like, that's like- Right? That was none yeah. of my wildest dreams, yeah. right? That's so true. Is there, is, I'm sure you have like thousands of stories, but is there anyone yeah. that like is really good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I treated a couple of years ago, somebody on uh, the doctor's TV show on CBS and, you know, she was actually missing a lot of teeth. She was a recovered addict and she really only had like six teeth left. And, you know, she had a lot of nutritional deficiencies, dark circles on the eyes. I mean, if you don't have teeth, what can you really eat? Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Not much. I mean, you eat all the processed foods that are not good for you. So right. we treated her really from a comprehensive perspective with, you know, adjusting her nutritional 
status before we even started her surgery. I said, okay, let's measure your vitamin D level, which was very low. And if somebody's going to have dental surgery, for sure, they need to have adequate vitamin D level. We also measure her antioxidant capacity, which was almost non-existent. And we need good antioxidants in order to heal well. And we ended up placing everything in one day for her, you know, removing all the diseased teeth, removing the infections, ozonating and placing implants. And nowadays, even with implants, we can actually place a fixed bridge of teeth only over four implants so we can restore function for her. Because mm-hmm. if somebody can't chew well, they can't break down the food from a nutrition perspective. Yeah. And... The second thing is just psychological. I mean, it changed her life. You know, it changed the structure of her face. She started chewing again. So the muscles on each side started tightening up. So we get an immediate facelift. But, (laughs) you know, and she had more energy. She actually lost weight, even though she had better teeth because her nutrition got better. And she was able to break down the foods. And it just changed her whole outlook on life. And, you know, those kinds of treating patients that way just gives me such great satisfaction to to see how how she's thriving now instead of just surviving. Yeah. It seems like an emotional, a physical, almost like could be a spiritual transformation. Like just absolutely being able to chew different food that you can now choose what food you want to put in your body. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, like, oh my God, I haven't been able to chew an apple. (laughs) I haven't been able to bite in an apple in years. It's like something so simple that we take for granted. Yeah. Some people can't do. So wild. Yeah. So you have a book that came out. Yes. Called Heal Uh, Up. Yes. I I was very excited about this book because I worked on it for six and a half years. Oh my God. <laughs> and I know a long time, especially when we have to see patients as well. It takes yeah. time as you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's more like a guideline for somebody who wants to achieve overall health. And it's talking about the connection between the mouth and the body and how can we implement simple ways like drinking more water or maybe getting more sleep, they're all important in overall health. It's it's the teeth too, but I cannot fix the teeth if the body's not okay. And the other way around, no matter how many things we do to the body, if you don't have good, a good optimum oral health, your body can't feel great. So the mouth is the part of the body and it's the gateway to one's health. So that's, that's what this book is about, just to kind of help people understand the connection between the mouth and overall health. Yeah. And where can people find you if they're not in Tribeca, New York or (laughs) (laughs) Or Beverly Hills Dental Health? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I welcome people to tweet me their question at Dr. Sanda. The book is on amazon.com if anybody's interested and heal up. And beverlyhillsdentalhealth.com is our practice website. Uh, We often post articles there or videos, uh, information about biological dentistry, which which is becoming more popular today as we want to have healthier mouths. Yeah. And it gives like what questions to ask, right? Your dentist, just really self-education, which is so important this day and age. Absolutely. And I actually, you know, just by doing this podcast with you, gave me a great idea to write an article about what questions should you ask your dentist? Yes, I love (laughs) it. Yeah, to make sure that you're getting great, you know, like the latest technology, the healthiest dentistry we have to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Your wealth of knowledge is like, I feel like we just... You know, (laughs) scratch the tip. (laughs) My pleasure. It was great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. That's a wrap. 
I have two truths that I fully believe in. First, to be 1% better every single day. And second, all feedback is good feedback because it helps us grow. Why do I say this? If you're enjoying these conversations and you find this is adding value, send us some love by subscribing to Muscle Medicine Podcast on iTunes. And if you want to share your voice with the world and scream it from the rooftops and tell your friends, or you can just give us a little feedback so we can grow by rating and reviewing Muscle Medicine on iTunes. Thank you guys so much gratitude. Dr. Emily Kybert here.